everybody. Welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I am your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 152. I have yet again ended another friendship. Yes. Yes. Yep. You heard correctly. I yes, I did. Yes, I did. An- another one, Maxine. Another one. Yes. Yes, I did. Um, I, <laughs> let me start off with this headline. Let me start off with this headline. This is the headline that I just thought of um, to better just encapsulate why I decided to end this friendship. Here's the headline. I don't care about your trauma. I don't care about your drama, and I don't care about your mama. Okay? That's it. That's it. That's it. Now, I'm saying that in love. How, Maxine? How could you be saying that? I'm saying that in love because I genuinely, I, I just hate the bullshit. I really do. I hate when people who have been traumatized in their childhood, tend to use that experience, that trauma, to excuse their shitty adult behavior of today. I'm sorry, your uncle molesting you when you were nine has nothing to do with how rude you are treating me. I I don't care, I don't care. And sure, there's ways to manifest it, right? There's ways to like, well, you know, I don't trust people anymore because of what happened to me. And it's like, okay, but shut the fuck up. Like, I'm not your uncle, right? I'm not your uncle. I'm not your mom who abandoned you. I'm not your grandma who whooped you every time she babysat you. Like, I'm not any one of those characters in your life, from your past life. And when, I feel like when everyone takes the, just the responsibility in their actions and realize, oh wait, that's a me problem, right? Me not resolving past childhood trauma is a me problem. It's not an everyone else problem. It's not a problem that I get to project onto others and make them okay with it. It's not, it's not that at all. And so I think oftentimes people like this, which I would describe toxic, would use this excuse and use this as a way to just undermine their shitty behavior in their adult ass relationships. Let's start from the beginning. Now, the person who I'm describing, I'm not gonna say his name, he's a man, right? Hence the pronouns. He's a gay black man. So that's just the context that I'm giving. Should I give him a name? No, I'm just gonna say he, you know who I'm talking about. Um, I decided to end this friendship with him because one, there was a number of things I've noticed in his character that didn't sit well with me. And we'll get to that. But there was a number of things that did not sit well with me. And I would, just being the Maxine nice woman that I am really am not a nice girl. Like, I feel like sometimes I'm, it may not come across on this podcast as well as I could allow it to come across. I know I could be a little aggressive in my in my tone and my delivery. But I'm really a nice person. I'm a good person. Remember, um, <laughs> Mary, that first night, Alyssa? I'm a good person. 
I'm a good person. I don't like the way you're treating me. I'm a good person. Seriously, I am a good person. I really want to make that very, very crystal clear. I really am a good person. And what I mean by that descriptor is I do like to give people grace. And this is just maybe the Christianity in me coming out. I feel like we all deserve grace. You know, just like God gives us grace every single day. I feel like as people here on this earth, as believers, I feel like it is our our goal to give grace to others. You know, we all fall short from perfection, from God's glory, God's love. And so who am I to judge you for your flaws, right? Instead, I'm going to speak to you in a space of understanding, in a space of compassion. That's really what I pride myself on, especially considering how I was many, many years ago. I was very judgmental. I was very quick to um, offend people and be offended and, you know, play the victim card and all these things until I grew up and realized, you know, you know, everyone deserves grace, you know, whatever, whatever. So that's my spiel. I realized, though, in doing so, you also have to create a boundary for people and not allow someone to think that they have so many unlimited tries to disrespect you, okay? I feel like there really should be a limit to how many times someone disrespects you. And my limit with this person has been exceeded. It is overdrafted. It is exceedingly over the limit. This person has disrespected me more than he should have. And I feel like something with gay black men, and it's not every gay black man that I've met, but this one in particular, he's more like flamboyant in his gayness. There's this idea of, well, I'm one of the girls, right? I'm one of you. And he'll describe himself as such. Um, would just kind of adopt this feminine personality and persona. And so I feel like with that, he also thinks he could get away with certain behaviors towards me because he thinks he's a girl, he thinks he's one of us, and thinks he could get away with it. No, nigga. You still have a dick, and you're still bigger than me, and it's like biologically, right? Let me talk about the first time he disrespected me that um, that really should have been the first time and the last time, right? It should have been my wake-up call, but again, me being the, the grace giver that I am, I want to I wanna excuse you because you've been through trauma. And he talks about the trauma that he's been through in his, in his life. And, you know, a lot of gay black men been through the same shit. You know, my dad didn't accept me. Um, I was ostracizing the family because they knew I was homosexual. Boo hoo. Boo fucking goo, right? We play, violin me down, please. Like, I just, I, I'm so sensitive. I know it doesn't come across right now, but I really am a sensitive person. And so instantly I am going to, um, listen to that story. I'm going to, um, be quiet and just feel your pain. Um, but after a while, it's like, okay, you're almost 35. 
that happened when you were nine? Okay. Hello? Is my mic on? Is my fucking mic? Relax. Like, do something about it. I think oftentimes those who have been, you know, we've all have, I feel like everyone has a level of trauma. Maybe someone's level of trauma is greater than yours. Sure. But it is your responsibility to resolve that. It is your responsibility to, uh, to live better, to heal. It's your responsibility to move on from that. And when you are still actively, every single day, regurgitating, um, reliving your past traumas, it's like, do you want to just stay in pain? I'm sorry, do you want to just stay in pain? Go to therapy, go to church, go... I don't know, like figure something out that is productive that can help you move forward from that trauma that you are still carrying with you. Isn't the load heavy? Drop the bags, Erica Badu. Anyway, okay, so the first time he disrespected me, he was, he came over my home. I invited him over with another colleague um, whom, like we have this, well, we had this dynamic that was pretty close at work and um we just kind of had the sense same sense of humor we made each other laugh and it was just just a nice dynamic between the two between us three actually and um we were already out together for another colleague's birthday and we were already having a good time and we wanted to keep the party going which is another red flag i feel like i need to really sit down from that like I need to really just leave. Like, we don't have, the party already happened. It ended. Like, I don't have to keep it going. But I have a tendency of not leaving earlier than I should have. So that's on me. Anyway, I opened my home to these people, (laughs) um, including him, to come over. And again, it was just us, us three. And... Um, the reason why I, why I did that, because we were, my home was the closest to where we were, the party outing that where we were. So anyway, um, he's here, right? He's here in my home, and the conversation now begins to take a shift. He brings up moments at work when I'm not as approachable as he would prefer, and he'll like, um, like bring specific moments or act it out in the conversation. And I'm listening to him. I'm hearing him. But what I've noticed about the way he speaks, and this is what I hate about some people, because I I notice in I notice this type of speaking pattern in my ex Leprechaun Bay. People like some people could be so long winded. It's like, okay, can I fucking talk? Right? I hate long winded ass people. Get to the point. Where is the subject and where is the, the predicate in your in your sentence? Huh? You just having these run-on sentences. Where is the fucking point? Get to it. And when you're spending, mind you, he's telling me about his perspective of me not being approachable at work and maybe having a stank face, which I can't agree to. I absolutely can't agree to at that time. I've since grown from that because I noticed that that was an error on my part. And we'll get to that because I, as you guys may know, am a self-reflective person, probably to my default, 
Okay, my, no, probably to my deficit. I am too self-reflective. But anyway, I knew what he was talking about. I agreed with what he was saying, how, yes, sometimes I can be standoffish. Sometimes I may have an attitude. And at that time when he was telling me that in my home, I was trying to excuse it, right? I was saying, oh, well, that's just the Aquarius in me. You know, some days I'm, I'm in it, some days I'm not. And I was trying to excuse it, which is my fault which I agree, like, I can't do that. Just like he can't excuse his behavior with past tra past childhood trauma, I can't excuse my behavior with my Zodiac sign. Like, oh, I'm just a Leo, uh, that's why I'm dominating, right? Oh, I'm just an Aquarius, that's why I'm so fucking cold. No, that's not okay, right? So, but in that time, I was doing that. And um, I, I was cutting him off because he was talking like i said for too fucking long it was a long-winded monologue like are we in the shakespeare play okay so he's talking for a good five minutes acting out saying everything yada, yada, yada. and i'm cutting him off because let me get let me get my perspective off like this is a conversation right this is not just a moment where you're just talking like this is what a conversation is two people are talking multiple people are talking and we're giving each other space to talk you can't dominate the conversation and I tell my students that so the fact that an adult needs to learn that is really just embarrassing so anyway I kept on cutting him off he then would say, okay, Marenzi, you're cutting me off, you're cutting me off, and then he'll get annoyed with that. So he's kind of having an attitude saying that, and then he mentions um, a particular moment that I shared with him independently, and when I say independently, I mean I only shared this story with him only and not with the other colleague who's in my home at that time. And he mentioned, you're cutting me off just like, your friend said you cut her off when y'all was talking. And he named that friend. Well, that former friend. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Well, a lot, a lot of episodes ago, I ended another friendship with someone who was just very judgmental and just, she was the one who was talking about the whole, why aren't you vax? Like, bitch, because I'm in my body. That's why. But anyway, but there was a lot of other reason for that friendship ending. Anyway, so he brings up, that that moment with that friend that former friend and says that he says you're cutting me off just like you cut off that friend and that ticked me off that ticked me off because first of all how are you using something that I said to you in confidence in a moment of vulnerability because when I shared that with him I was hurt I was upset that what happened with that friend happened the way that it did I was upset that that friendship ended, but I knew that it needed to end, but it was still not the easy, it wasn't easy to accept instantly until it finally was, right? But I didn't like that he brought it up because it was just a low blow. Why are you bringing up something that has nothing to do with this moment to, to support your point? Just like that friend who I'm not friends with anymore, she brought up something that was a low blow comment to get her point across. And I feel like who, people who do that, they're never really your friends. And that's really the tea. Hello, let me, let me just drink this one. That's really the tea, okay? People who are quick, quick to mention something that you told them in a moment of vulnerability, in a moment of confidence, right? And they use that against you 
okay, that's enough for me to see who the fuck I'm dealing with, right? So I'm ticked off. Um, I say, you know, why, why would you say that? That's so whack of you to say. Why would you even break? So I'm instantly going off like that, right? And I don't usually swear. I really don't. Like, I know I swear sometimes on this podcast, but I don't usually swear. And when I was speaking to him, I was, I, I can't remember if I did swear. I don't think I did. But I was aggressive with the way in my, in my tone, in my delivery. I did say, you're whack for doing that. That was a whack thing to say. And I was, I'm using other words, but I'm not like, you fucking ass, dumbass. I'm not doing that. Like, I, that's not how I speak. Right? So he, being the gay, flamboyant black man that he is, he's behind my couch and he's like, what, what? What's wrong with you? What, 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 F you, Morency, F you. He's literally saying, fuck you, right? Fuck you, Morency, fuck you. Um, and just going ham. In my home, y'all, you're in my home and you're speaking to me in a manner that is completely disrespectful, right? So, I mean, thankfully he didn't throw anything, which I felt like he could have, right? I felt like he, if he was really just in his zone even more, he probably would have found something and threw something at me. Because that's the way, that's the level of hostility he was at. Over me just telling him, you're whack for saying what you said. Like, that was that was uncalled for. Mind you, I'm just saying those words. I'm saying that's uncalled for. That's whack for. Like, why would you even say that? I'm saying it like that. And his response is so heavy in hostility, so heavy in aggression, that it was to the point where, is he about to fight me? I'm sorry. Does he remember that he's a man and I'm a woman? Like, what's going on? Like, Am I, am I about to knuck and buck a man in my home? Okay. <laughs> so... He's saying, fuck you, Morency, fuck you, Morency, which is my last name, because you guys don't know, because <laughs> I always say my first name here, but yeah, that's my last name, and so he's like using his hands, but he's behind the couch, so I wasn't close to him, and I'm like, and then I'm sitting on my couch, so he's still behind my couch, behind my couch, saying like heavy words, right, like fuck you, Morency, you know, whatever, fuck you, Morency, and I'm like not feeding into him because what I notice about myself in the way that I argue, I'm very calm and collected, which is something that I notice the other person, the, the recipient of my calm and collectiveness, that person is typically overly emotional, can't gather themselves, don't really use logic in their speech and in their actions. And so they're aware of that and they're losing their cool even more because they have no control over their emotions, which is something that I thrive off of. Like, that's hilarious to me because I'm more in control here and you're not. You look like a fool, right? You're the dumbass. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's you who's a dumbass right now. So I'm sitting down on my couch, literally calm and collected, y'all, while he's talking about fuck you, hands in my face, y'all. And that's the privilege of being a gay black man. That really is a privilege because had he been a woman, right, then it would have been a different story. Like maybe we, we would have gotten into it physically if he was a woman. But being that he was a man, I wasn't quick to be like, get your hand on my, I wasn't doing that because at the end of the day, you're a man. I don't care how gay you are. You are still a fucking man. So biologically, you have more strength than me. Let's just be very clear about that. You have more strength than me. So anyway, um, I'm like calm and collected. I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, that's why I'm the, and he's like going off and like, you know how I was saying how he talks about himself being a woman and, you know, I'm, I'm the baddest B, you know, I got this fat puss. 
<laughs> like those dumb shit like that. What does that do with any any of this? Anyway, so I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, okay, because you are a woman, right? Okay, uh-huh. And I'm saying it like that, in this tone, in this voice, and you know that's obviously sounding condescending, and I'm doing that on purpose because I'm getting a kick out of it. Honestly, I'm getting a kick out of it because I recognize that I am calm and collected and you're losing your shits and it's it's eating you up and it's making me joyful. Like, that is my superpower. That's how I argue, hello? And I win everyone. I win everyone. It's really the trick to it all. Because I remember being younger, I would be that uh, just emotional arguer. I would be that one who is instantly crying and can't even breathe i'm so upset no no because even if your point is is a valid one you miss all the points because you lack the control that you need to deliver your message you look like a fool right so anyway um he walks like he storms out of my uh, out of my apartment and it becomes his whole show one of my other colleagues, he ends up coming over like a few minutes, actually during, right during that scene. And he helped to calm down the situation for him. I'm calm, y'all, like I'm, I'm already calm. So he helps to calm him down. And then me and him have a conversation independent from everyone else in the hallway. And he starts off by saying how, first he tries to excuse his behavior by saying, you know, you know, um, I was cutting him off and he was just making a point by mentioning that friend who I allegedly cut off. And I'm like, that's the problem, right? And again, he's, he's long-winded in his speech. I'm like, okay, all right, are you done? <laughs> and so I'm like, that's the point right there. You don't, that's, that's not cool. That's whack, but he didn't like that I say whack. So I'm like, but it is whack though. But don't say that whack. I'm like, okay. Um, so I'm just saying like, that's not, that's not okay for you to say that. Like I share that with you independently from this other colleague. So why would you bring that up in her space um, with her being the witness? And he's like, his excuse was he didn't say that friend's name. He didn't go into detail. It's like, it doesn't fucking matter. I don't care. You mentioning any inkling of this friend has a defense of your antics is still inappropriate and it's a low blow, period. And so he then finally goes on to say how he's sorry. You know, I would have never, I would never disrespect you in your home. And I'm like, but you just did though. <laughs> he's like, you're right. I did. And I apologize for it. So like, it just became this. Okay, apology pool, um, and then he goes on to talk about how he he lives in Houston and he doesn't really have family here, and he's not close with his family. And his family, uh, you know, he grew up very just estranged from his family. They they put him in a room and didn't nurture him, didn't care for him, and yada 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 yada. yada. Cry me a river, Justin Timberlake. I don't give a fuck. I, what does that have to do with your hands being in my face saying, fuck you, Marenzi, fuck you? Oh, it doesn't? It has nothing to do with it? Right. Grow the fuck up. Like, stop operating that nine-year-old boy perspective. A lot of people are out here walking in their nine-year-old self. A lot of people are out here still acting as if they're 10 years old trying to gain validation from their deadbeat mom. I'm not your mom. Take that energy over there to your mom. Okay, so 
that moment happened. We kind of squared it away. And I decided to, you know what, let me just let it go. Let me just let it go primarily because we work together. We literally work together. Like, he's next door to my classroom. And though we're not in the same um, specific uh, grade level, but we're in the same uh, content level, um, just content period, and there is this, I just would rather keep the peace. You know what I mean? Like, it's better to keep the peace than to, than to not. So that was my justification in accepting his apology because we did talk about it again once he was, and then he made the excuse of him being super drunk. Apparently he never, he's never done anything like that before to anyone. I happen to be the first one, lucky me. <laughs> and, um, excuse me, he was super drunk, didn't eat at all that day, which is another red flag. Are you okay? Are you a dumbass? How are you not eating knowing that you're about to have a night of drinks? Eat a damn meal. Like, you you sound so dumb. Like, we're not in college anymore. Like, you know how your body is going to react with no food, with no substance. You know that. Anyway, um, so afterwards, a, a day later, I think during, uh, the yeah, the following day at work, we talked about it because I did text him. I was like, hey, you know, um, I think we should have a conversation about what happened now that we're both, well, now that you're sober because I was fine. So anyway, we talked about it at work, and he was very super apologetic. He didn't really make – no, he was still – he was very apologetic. He did bring up trauma in his childhood and using that as an excuse. Okay. I decided, like I said, to just let it go. I appreciate your apology. I, I stood my stance, and I was like, you know, though it's uh, – how do I say it? The way that I speak is very intentional. So, like, I started off by saying, you know, um, you know, I'm sorry that you went through what you went through when you were a child, but that has nothing to do with that present moment. So you bringing that up in that present moment was uh, unnecessary, basically. It wasn't, it wasn't at all appropriate to the moment. And he just, like, was listening or whatever, and, again, he apologized, and that was that. Okay, this this was months ago. This was months ago in October, okay? So fast forward to just a few days ago from when you're listening to this podcast. And we got into it again. He wasn't, th thankfully he wasn't in my home because I made the conscious decision and subconscious decision, I guess, to never invite him over again. Like he's never gonna be, he's never going to be in my space ever again. Like I, I, I bet you that, okay? Um, so this uh, Friday comes, and it's the start of a – well, Thursday comes, and it's the start of a long four-day weekend because we have Friday off and Monday off. So I'm at work still, and we all get off at 4.15, but I decided to stay a good 30 minutes later because I wanted to ensure all of my deliverables are delivered so I don't have to do any work. I don't believe in work from home. Like I, you know, aside from literally working from home because we can't be on campus. Other than that, I don't believe in bringing work home. I don't believe in bringing grades home and even responding to emails. Like I'm not doing that shit. As soon as I'm in my home, it's home time. It's, it's watching TV time. It's, 
you know, podcasting time. It's my time. It's not still grading papers time. No, I'll get to it when I return to work the following day. Um, so I decided to stay at the job to finish some final things. And yeah, so that was my goal, right? I noticed that he wasn't in his classroom. And I noticed that a lot of people left already, which is fine. So I texted him and I asked him, hey, y'all, did y'all go out? Like, y'all go out to happy hour, which I just assumed that people did. And he mentioned how he was in a meeting uh, right before he, he went out. And he was in a meeting with a few of my other colleagues. And they decided to go out for happy hour afterwards. And I was ticked off by that because this was the probably second or third time in which there was a happy hour outing that he went to and I didn't know about. Like, nothing was said to me. And the reason why I was ticked off a little bit was he, out of everyone who typically goes out to happy hour, he is the one who I'm closest to. Like, we have a close relationship at work, at least seemingly so. Like, I guess not anymore, right? But we have one. We had one. And in my head, I feel like if we're that close, at the very least, mention to me and say, hey, Marenzi, you know, even if he's already there, he could just mention to me, which is what I said to him, like, just mention to me, hey, we're all at this place. If you want to come through, just letting you know. That's it. And so that's what I brought up to him. I was like, you know, dang, it would be nice if you would have told me, but okay, have fun. So immediately what I get in response was defense. And what I don't like about his response, and I'm gonna, I screenshotted it for this purpose, right? <laughs> but what I don't like about his, what I don't like about his response is that instead of just like squashing it, like immediately when I said, dang, you could have said something, he could have been like, oh, oh girl, my bad, but you should come through, right? It could have been squashed like that. That's all he needed to say. Very, um, those few words, oh, my bad, I totally forgot, or you should come through, that's it. I wouldn't have kept pestering about it. But the reason why I continue with what I said, which, which is what I'm going to get into, is to really stamp my point because you're not going to gaslight me from my feelings and make me feel like I'm silly for feeling this way. That's one thing I do not tolerate at all. Don't dismiss my feelings. Don't gaslight me by saying it's not that serious. Like, first of all, you can't tell me how I feel and you know you will feel some type of way, which he did. There was a moment a couple of months ago in which me and a few colleagues, we all went out and he did not... Um, no one told him. I didn't tell him either. It was just a natural, like, flow of things. We all just went out, and no one mentioned to text him, and neither did I, right? And he found out about it and felt some type of way. I, it, this happened during a weekend, and on that Saturday, I texted him, and I let him know, like, oh, hey, I'm sorry we couldn't make it to the game because he was at the football game. Um, I'm sorry we couldn't make it to the game, but, you know, um, you know, I just said that he never responded to my text, never responded to my text, which I didn't like. Like, I hate when people don't respond to my text. Like, first of all, you're lucky I even texted you. I don't even like texting people, honestly. Like, it's just, unless you're my man, right? But other than that, what are we texting for? Hello? Is there a point? <laughs> you know? But I texted him to just let him know, hey, you know, I'm sorry we couldn't make it to the game, whatever. But apparently at that time, he found out that we all went out and he wasn't there, right? He wasn't invited. That 
day at work, the following day at work, he mentions that. He was like, yeah, y'all could have texted me. Y'all could have said something, you know. I'm like, oh, is that why you didn't text me back when I texted you? And he said, yeah, I was feeling some type of way. Yeah, I was feeling bothered. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I just, like, let that go. But I noted that in my head, like, okay, that's – I hate that. Like, that's so childish as fuck. Like, you could have just texted me fucking back. It's not that deep. Anyway, it's not that deep. But my point is I started out the conversation by saying I'm sorry that we – you know what I mean? Like, that could have been a clear opening for you to just let it go and then say what you needed to say. Okay, so let's get back to this point. So I mentioned to him, so I asked him, I'm like, oh, y'all went out? He says, hey, boo, yes, I had a meeting, like 10 teachers. So I'm saying, I'm like, it wasn't clear if he was answering my question, right? So I said, no, I'm asking if y'all went out to get some drinks. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm asking. He says, yes. I'm like, oh, nobody told me. He says, oh, they just mentioned it. We literally just walked in. And I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? So I say, I guess. He says five nine. Well, he says the name right of the place that they went to. I say, oh, someone could have said something to me, and I says, shake my head, y'all have fun. He says, we just left work, and the reason why I'm saying it like that because he ends it with a with an exclamation point. Ooh, sorry. Didn't you leave at four fifteen? Question mark. We left at four thirty. We had a meeting. I I read that. You told me that already, right? First of all, why are you so aggressive? Again, you could have easily just said, oh, girl, we just we just walked in. You should come through. He didn't say any of that. Oh, my bad. I didn't even mention it. It was just, it's not that deep, right? It's not that deep for you to be so, to be so defensive. And I say, you have my number. You could have easily texted me and let me know if I wanted to come. That's my point. I am still at work, actually. I didn't leave at 415. He then says, I'm sure someone else could have told you uh, because I'm not staying here. I told them 20 minutes. This was not my call. If it was my, if it was, of course I would have texted you. You're blaming me as if you knew I set this up in which I didn't. What? Again, you're quick to be defensive and not reflective. So what I have an issue with what he said is that He's saying, I'm sure someone else could have told you. I'm not talking to someone else, right? I'm not mentioning someone else. I'm talking to you directly. And out of everyone here, I'm the closest to you at the job. So this is why I'm speaking to you. He, um, so I say, I'm not saying you set this up. I'm saying you went with the group and could have still let me know regardless of how long you're staying, which I think that was a silly point to make. Oh, I'm only here for 20. What does that do with anything? No one asked you how long you're going to be there, motherfucker. So I'm saying you're missing my point. Y'all have been going out a lot lately and no one, including you, have been mentioning anything to me, which is true. There was a two other moments that I learned about in which some of them went out, including him, and nothing was said to me. And I say, because then I end off with like a vulnerable moment, like just to let him know how I feel, right? Which I feel like could have been the end of it. I say, it feels shitty to not even be thought of enough to be invited, right? Because that's a genuine emotion. It doesn't feel great. And for someone who expressed that feeling months ago, you should know, right? Did you forget you expressed that feeling months ago? He says, and here comes the gaslight. Here comes the gaslight. 
He says, it's not that serious, Marenzi. He names two other colleagues and say, they didn't know either, and they're still here. I just found out too, so I came. Oh, so now you just found out, right, but y'all was in a meeting, and y'all, like, stop, cut the shit. Now you just moving it, you're moving the goalposts. Did you just find out, or did y'all talk about it at the end of the meeting that y'all had, separate to this topic, and y'all say, hey, let's, let's hang out and go somewhere? Stop moving it around. Did you, you didn't just find out. You was on your way there. So you didn't just find out. You was in the car about to head there. You didn't just find out. He said, the invitation is open to anyone. He's so fucking dumb. And that's another thing. You're dumb. You're dumb. The invitation wasn't even sent. So how is it open to everyone? To anyone? I didn't know about it. I had to ask you. No one else said anything. He says, the invitation is open to anyone. No one is leaving you or have left you out on anything because no one has been out. I think you're making a big deal over nothing and make it, making it more than what it is when it's not. Have a great weekend, exclamation point. What? Why are you mad? And that's another manipulation tactic that some people will do. Immature, emotionally immature people will do. They would switch the blame put it on you, and then be the one who's mad when it was like, no, 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 I was the one who was upset and hurt and mad. So I respond, I just say, you know what, thanks for considering my feelings. That's very rude of you to say. A few hours later goes by, he calls me, y'all, which honestly now in retrospect, obviously I can't tell the future at that moment and how it would have went, but I, in my head, gave him the grace, gave him the benefit of the doubt that he would call me and that, in him calling me, because I was looking at the phone ring, thinking, should I pick it up or not? I was thinking him calling me, maybe this is his way to kind of clear the air. Like, look, I'm sorry for how things went down over text. I just want to clear the air. Something like that, right? That's why you would call someone, right? Huh. That's what I would do. Not, not, nope, not happening. So he calls me. I finally pick up the phone. He then goes on this two minute and 34 second monologue and I timed it. I didn't time it, but I looked at the phone and look at the time that was passing by of how long he was talking, which is already era number one. How you call somebody and you're immediately starting the conversation and leading the lead for two minutes and it's all about what you say, what, what it is. It's not a question being posed. It's not a... It's not a productive way to have a conversation. It's not about you, right? So then he goes on to say um, how he feels like I was attacking him and he feels like I keep poking him and poking him. And he's like, I'm going to tell you, Marinci, you know, just as a friend that that you always keep attacking me and poking me. I'm like paraphrasing right now, but he did say those words attacking and poking me. And I'm just like looking at the phone. I'm looking at the mirror because at this point I'm in my car at the H-E-B grocery store parking lot, okay? Like, I'm about to go get some groceries. What is it? So then I finally cut him off. I'm like, okay, all right. Um, so I begin to say, I'm like, so the way that you just started the conversation is totally off. How you call me and you go on and on for, for a good two minutes and 30 seconds, that's not how you start off a conversation. And then I go on to say how... Every time I say something to you, you're quick to be defensive. You're quick to be defensive and not reflective, and I don't like that. That shows an emotional immaturity, which I said to him. I'm like, you have, you are emotionally immature, and 
the way that you were speaking to me was rude. And then he did say, you know, sometimes it could be a little, while he was having his, like, monologue, he was saying, yeah, sometimes I could be a little feisty, but, you know, that's just what it is, and da-da-da-da, I'm from Miami, yeah-da-da. And I'm like, so then I say, I don't care where you're from. I don't care you're from Miami. I don't care if you're from jail. I don't care if you're from the penitentiary. Speak to me with kindness and respect. I, I don't give a fuck. Like, I hate that dumbass shit. I'm from Miami. I'm from Detroit. I'm from New York. Okay. Speak to me with kindness and respect. Okay? Because nowhere in the text, because I'm looking at it, I'm like, where, at what point did I attack this nigga? Oh, nowhere? Right? It's in your head? Okay. Sounds like a personal problem. Okay? So at no point am I attacking you. You're, and I say that, I'm like, you're twisting it, and now you're gaslighting me by saying you feel attacked and that's not what's happening. Like you can't say that. Like that's not accurate basically. And I'm saying also that, you know, the way that you speak to people is very disrespectful and I don't I don't deserve that. You don't get a chance to speak to me that way. I don't care where you're from. I don't care you're from Miami. You don't don't speak to me that way. And um he's like and I mentioned the different points in the text message that he was showing attitude. And he was trying to excuse it like, well, that's just how I talk. No, that's not how you talk. That's not how you talk. Because we've texted many times before. Considering the words that were being used and how they were used, I knew you had an attitude. Like, and I was telling him, you're cop that sounds like a cop-out. You're copping out and you're gaslighting me. Yada, yada, yada. So I'm calling him out on his shit. Like, I'm not, I'm not buying it. I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying, well, okay, you are from Miami. I understand. <laughs> right? I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Okay? So I'm, I'm going on. I'm not even going off, but I'm stating my, I'm stating my, my case. I'm standing strong in what I'm saying. I'm doing it very clearly, very effectively. Like, I'm a great communicator. And I really thank God for that. But I really am. And so I'm saying all that. And guess what he does? He guess what he does, y'all. Guess what he does? Let me just sip this water. And guess what he does? He hangs up the phone. My God, today, if I could have flown to where he was and cursed him out, I would have. He hangs up the phone. He hangs up the phone on me, y'all, as I'm speaking. He's like, you know what I said? You know what, Marincy? You know what, Marincy? You know what, Marincy? Boom, hangs up the phone. I'm looking at the phone. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm sorry? Like, what? Hello? I call him again. Um, no, I called him. He didn't pick up. The phone rings. He didn't pick up. I called him a second time. The phone rings once. Go straight to voicemail. I call him one last time. So this is my third call. He doesn't pick up. And I'm like, okay, this, this is what we're doing? This, this, is, this is how effective we're going to communicate? Okay. When I call you out on your shit and I make it very clear that you're emotionally immature, you're someone who is quick to be on the defense and quick to be loud and boisterous and is uncalled for and is disrespectful, I'm saying all these things to him, making my point very, very clear, and he knows this. And I also mentioned before he hangs up on me, um, <laughs> before he hung up on me, I said to him how, at the very least, you couldn't understand where I was coming from because months ago, and I mentioned that time when he felt some type of way when we all went out and he didn't come, well, he didn't know about it, 
And I said to him how you felt some type of way about it. So considering how you under, like you felt some type of way about it then, you should understand how I feel about it now. He then tries to deny it. Like, he's trying to laugh it off. Like, <laughs> no, I didn't feel any type of way. You literally told me you did. Like, are we playing, are we being honest here? Are we being liars? Are we being honest or are we lying? You literally told me you felt some type of way. You, I have two colleagues as my witness who were there when you said that. Okay, like stop acting like you didn't. Just admit it. Like you did feel some, you did feel some type of way and you said it. You don't have to admit it because you said it already. So he tries to deny it. And I said, but you did though. Remember one time, it was a couple of weeks ago, we was at work and he was crying, which I just feel like, what are you doing? But okay, whatever. He's crying. He's at work. He's crying. Which is a natural emotion. If I say that, what are you doing? No, no, no. It's okay to cry. But um, anyway, he was crying, which I feel like, whatever. He was crying at work. And this was happening in my classroom. <laughs> Someone came in. One of our other colleagues came in to, like, talk him down, whatever. Something happened previously that resulted to him having a bloodshot eye um, and tears falling down his face. He was literally crying. Uh, a few hours later, we talk about it and I'm like, yeah, you know, when I saw you crying, I, I was concerned. And I said those words, I said crying when I saw you crying, because that's what you were doing. He said to my face, no, I wasn't crying. I was just frustrated. Huh? You were crying, nigga. Are, are we fucking being honest right now? You were crying. And this, this is what it is. He would say things that are completely contradictory to what he just did you literally were crying when now you're telling me in my face you wasn't crying when he was at my house um that time when he disrespected me the first time and he said you know i would never disrespect you at your home and i just told him i was like but you just did though you did you did disrespect me in my home he's like i did and i apologize like but so why are you saying that like are you is everything up there operating is everything in your head operating correctly what are you saying? Anyway, so yeah. Um, I mentioned that he tried to deny it, even though I, I said to him, but you literally told me um, <laughs> that you felt some type of way, which is why you didn't respond to my text. You said it at work. I have two colleagues as my witness um, when you said, like, cut the shit. Whatever. So anyway, he hangs up on me, and I'm upset. Or oh, I'm just feeling some type of way because this is not effective. How you call me and you, it's like he called me to, to only have his point said and heard. And there was no, there was no moment of, let me listen to Maxine. And I could tell he was already out when he called me. Like he must've been still outside. And I think he was uh, drunk as well. I think he had a couple of drinks which probably gave him the the strength to go ahead and call me hours later. I didn't think he was going to call, so I was taken aback. So I think a couple of drinks in his system motivated him to call me. So, um, yeah, so I called him back three times, I, and I wanted – my point in calling him back was to say, basically, like, fuck you for hanging up on me, <laughs> basically, um, in so many words. But uh, he never picked up. He never called me back. I sent him a text because I decided in that moment and thinking of prior moments that we 
that we had, including the first time he disrespected me. And there was like other little mini moments that I feel like this is not a healthy relationship. Um, but anyway, I texted him and said, you know what? You are very immature. I'm done with this friendship. Let's keep it professional at work. And that's it. The message never got deleted, uh, delivered. It never got delivered. So I'm assuming he blocked me, <laughs> which is like, what? It's just so, it's laughable to me. It's laughable to me because you would think that, you would think that something more happened in that conversation to excuse or result his behavior. You would think that I, you know, killed his dog. Like, it was, like for him to be like, it's not that serious, Marenzi, and then to act as if it's that serious, right? For that, for him to gaslight me and say it's not that serious, for, for my feelings to not be that serious, and then for him to act that way, so overly emotional, just tells me that, wow, this is a child. This is, a, this is still a 10-year-old boy who's trying to figure out his space in this world and haven't, you know, and hasn't matured in his development yet. You know, a lot of adults walking around here with their 12-year-old pubescent identity. And this is an example of such. So I just decided, you know what? I don't want this friendship in my life anymore. Like, I don't think it's worth it. I don't deserve it. It's, this is the second time. And I think two times is enough times to realize, oh, this person disrespectful. Like, you had two opportunities to disrespect me and you took them, <laughs> that's going to be the last time. That's going to be the last time. So I sent him that text. Obviously, he never got it because I'm blocked. And I can't wait for work. <laughs> I can't wait to return to work. And I was thinking to myself, like, hmm, how should I handle it? Should I just be petty and be like, good morning? So no, I'm not. Or should I, like, if he says good morning to me first, should I respond? I don't know. I think I'm just going to be in the moment with it. I'm definitely not going to pay him dust, I, which means I'm not going to give him any attention. I'm not, I'm not going to look his way. I'm not going to make eye contact. If we pass the hallway at the same time and we're the only two in the hallway, I will keep on walking like I don't see, like, like I'm the only one in the hallway, basically, because I think um, there's just, there's a way to communicate with people. You know what I mean? Like, there's a way to communicate there's a way to argue, there's a way to present a differing opinion without being disrespectful. And his way of arguing is disrespectful. And people may think, like, there's no way to respectfully argue. There is. Like, you could have a way to present your opinions without disrespecting the other person, without shooting low blows, without being messy, without being hurtful. And... I've mastered that. I really have. I've mastered not being hurtful um, in a petty way, right? Like, I know how to present my point in a way that is so clear and so effective. And to someone who hasn't mastered that yet, I think they feel um, just a level of inferiority, feeling like, oh, I'm this child, right? Because essentially they realize that they're, they are a child. They're reacting childlike. They're overly emotional. They're just completely just out of bounds. And it's like, you feel like a fool, right? And that's really what it is. I think him, I think he ultimately feels like a fool. 
this is really what I feel like it is. I feel like he feels like a fool for hanging up on me, for blocking me. He's going to feel stupid or he already feels stupid and probably doesn't know how to get up from this point. And I think he just has to just sit in his bed and lay in it. I really do. I think he just has to realize, wow, I'm a poor communicator. I am very immature and I need to seek help. And the old Maxine would have been still gracious enough to excuse it. Like, oh, he's been through a lot in his childhood. You know, let me just let it go. And, again, the reason why I did it earlier the, during the first time was being that we're worker, we're coworkers. So I just think ultimately when you have someone still operating in their childlike behaviors, in their child perspective then I don't want to be friends with you anymore like that's not sorry I'm so thirsty that's not something that I enjoy like I feel like a clear sign of being of still being that 12 year old child in your 32 33 year old adult body is when you keep on bringing up what happened to you when you was a child when you keep on bringing up feelings of when you were hurt by your mother and how you're not close with your siblings and why you feel alone. I feel like those people, like him, I don't ever want to be friends with that person anymore. Like, I don't ever want to be friends with someone who still have unresolved trauma because what tends to happen is this justification, this false justification of their shitty communication style, their shitty behavior, their just being emotionally abusive, ultimately. And that's just what it is. Like, I don't, again, I don't care about your trauma, I don't care about your drama, and I don't care about your mama. So there's that. And I feel good about it. I really do. I feel like this needed to happen earlier much earlier this should have happened the first time he disrespected me this this friendship should have ended I should have ended it then um but I didn't right and I feel like this should have happened much earlier because another reason for that is he's also someone who's very messy and what I mean by that is he's the gossip queen <laughs> at work he always has the tea quote-unquote he always has the the business of someone else in his mouth like he knows everyone else's story everyone else's business everyone else's gossip is just disturbing and I think the reason why we connected was we have the same level of or at least he matches not matches but he said to me actually that he likes the way that I speak and he likes the way he likes certain words that I use and he tries to copy that he literally told me that before like months ago over voice message on the phone and at first I mean even in that moment I was like that's kind of freaky like why are you trying to copy me <laughs> like be yourself and um but whatever you know what is it imitation is flattery I was still I was flattered nonetheless but I didn't really take that um as I thought that was kind of weird still like that's weird like don't copy people be yourself but he said that, and the reason why I see that as a red flag is you have someone who's not really into himself. You have someone who doesn't really know himself, 
who is quick to adopt someone else's personality, which is what made us connect because he adopted some of my personality traits, particularly my humor. He would adopt some of the, some of the sayings that I would say, and he'll take it and say it to me and try to kind of perceive as if he, he's the one who first said that saying, this is thing that I say, I'd be like, I sorry, which means I'm sorry, but you're saying it in a faster way. And mind you, it just comes out. I don't know. Like, I don't like prepare catchy phrases to say at work. Right. I just say it in the moment and it just catches. And he likes that. I said that, or he liked it. Um, when I started it off and it just caught on and we will say that to each other. Um, many people in our department would say that, or we'll say it to them and they'll laugh and it becomes this thing. But the way that he adopted it so much so is that it, it makes it seem like he started it. So what I'm, and I'm saying this to say, it feels like he's trying to be me. <laughs> it feels like he's trying to be me. It feels like he just wants to be me, you know? And so there's that. Um, yeah, so him being the gossip queen, him adopting my personality traits because it feels like he wants to be me low-key. It's just all freaky. And all that could have been enough for me to be like, yeah, let me back off from this guy. Um, but, you know, I, I kept it on because, well, you know, we're working together. Let's just Let's just keep it how it is. But I think... Uh, yeah, it's just, it's enough. It's enough, and I'm happy that I decided to, yeah, I'm not going to give him more grace after this point. He had two tries to disrespect me, and he, he took them. <laughs> he took both of them. And so uh, let it be so. Like, I think this is God's way of telling me to, yeah, let this friendship go, he needs to work on himself. He has some growing up to do, a lot of growing up to do, and that has nothing to do with me. And you're not, I'm not going to keep on opening the door for him to disrespect me again, especially when I've made myself clear already. I've made myself clear. I don't have to keep on repeating myself to you. He's not someone who, and clearly, he's not someone who I could, and I always felt that way a little bit before, like, I don't feel like I could trust him emotionally. Like I, I only tell him things in bits and pieces. And I feel like though, you know, that's the case because he will say things, you know, that moment when he said, Oh, just like you cutting off your other friend, him he'll say things has a low blow and it's just nasty. It's so nasty and so rude. So nasty and so rude. Shout out to Nene Leaks. But, you know, that's just enough. That's enough for me. It's enough for me. And I feel like People like that are just miserable. You know, like there's a level of misery in their life that they have yet to resolve. And it manifests in gossiping. It manifests in giving low blows to supposed friends. It manifests into several breakdowns in friendships that he's had, which he's had in other friendships. It manifests into just poor communication style. It manifests in nasty tones and rude rudeness. Like it manifests itself because you are just naturally, you're miserable. You have yet to begin your healing journey in life. And you are still operating from that 12 year old boy who wasn't loved on enough in your home. And it's just, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that there are people out here who are still sad from what happened to them when they were nine. And I'm still saying that in 
the humblest of ways because I understand the impact of trauma, right? I understand how trauma will rear its head, how childhood trauma would rear its head in adult relationships. But I also feel like as the adult, as the one in control of your life, you need to act as such. You need to pull life by its reins and ride it, ride it like a horse. And when people are still being victimized by what happened to them, I feel this sadness for you because you could be living a whole different life. You could be much happier. You could be happy, actually. You could you could actually live a life of peace, but yet you're still choosing to live in pain in that 12-year-old boy's perspective. So, sucks to be unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks to be unhappy. Um, but yeah, I feel good. I feel so good. There's some there's something that I saved in my um what was it? There was okay, there it goes. Something that I saved that came right on time. And literally when this happened, I kept on getting messages subconsciously that this needed to happen, that this friendship needed to end. And it just further confirmed me feeling good about it, feeling good with this, with this decision of like not deciding to making it work or chase him or whatever. So anyway, there's something that I read on someone's Instagram story and I decided to screenshot it. And it says, this is for anyone that feels like God keeps punishing you or blocking your wins. Remove the toxicity from your life. The toxic people, jobs, and things have to go. God is ready to bless you, but your toxic friends, family, job, or man is in the way. The blessing ain't for them, it's for you. He don't want them to get a piece of your blessing. Once you do that, watch your wins start pouring in. Truth. Okay? And... Something else that I that I um, read right after this moment it says Exodus from Exodus fourteen verse fourteen the Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent and there's also another thing that my <laughs> one of my other colleagues who I shared this with she said nobody and nothing is worth losing your peace of mind for so everything so anyway all of this came right on time all of this came right on time because. Going back to the first thing that I read, how toxicity could really block you from your blessings, how it could really stand in the way of you experiencing more of what God has for you. And I think my friendship and overall relationship with this guy was toxic because we were like he was spewing so much negativity and he'll do it in a way that's, oh, I'm just giving tea. Oh, I'm just being funny. Oh, I'm just being lighthearted. I'm just uh, sharing gossip. But it was like nasty gossip. It was rude. It was mean. It was just uncalled for. And every time he would share it, I will always feel cringy afterwards or while he would say it. I will always feel like, oh, that's not nice. Or, dang, you know, he always gossiping. And it'll always kind of bring down my spirit. Like, oh, here we go with another gossip. So sometimes I will try to avoid him at work because I didn't want him to continue to spew out more negativity. He will always be negative about anything at work. Everything is a joke. This is a joke. This is a joke. And he'll always be mad at somebody from the leadership team. And so he will never take accountability, ultimately. 
And I said that to him before he hung up on me. I was like, you don't take accountability. You, you're not self-reflective. And again, he'll try to spin it on me. I hate that. I think what another, another red flag is when the conversation starts ultimately because I had a problem with him not mentioning to me um, their, their happy hour outing, right? And him saying, and him turning it around and making it seem like he's attacked and he he's the one who needs to be apologized to, essentially. Like, he he's upset. Like, no, no, no. I was the one who was upset. I was the one who felt left out. Like, why is this not focused on me? Now you're taking you're taking this emotion and this right of, of my feeling and my experience away from me, which is gaslighting. And you're making it about yourself, which is unnecessary. Like, this is not an opportunity to tell me about myself. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that makes no sense. Anyway, yeah, he's just a shitty communicator. I hate people who don't know how to communicate. Like, I feel like I mean, maybe me having a podcast is my privilege, but, like, know how to fucking communicate. Like, know how to say what you need to say and do it in a way that's effective. He also said a lie over the phone. I was like, he said, you know, I did invite you to come over. I did say you should come through. And I'm looking at the text messages. I'm like, no, you didn't. No, you, I'm, and I, I'm literally telling him at the same time. I'm like, I'm looking at the text messages right now. No, you did not. Nowhere in your response did you say you should come through. You just told me where it was. You didn't say, oh, shoot, Maxine, you're right, I didn't tell you. Hey, you should come through. He didn't say any of that, any, uh, any of that of that sort. And for you to act like you did, and I'm literally telling you you did not, is like, you're a fucking liar. You're a liar. He holds no accountability. But, um, yeah, so... I'm really happy with the ending of this friendship. I feel like this needed to be done much sooner, and I'm happy it's finally done. Let's see how things are at work. I'm really, I'm actually looking forward to it. Because <laughs> one thing about me, I'm going to be, I'm still going to be the best me, right? I'm still going to be the great communicator that I am, and you're still going to look like a fool in the ass. And he's, I, I bet you he feels silly and stupid for reacting the way that he did, for hanging up on me, for blocking me. Like, all of this for what? Like, you look like a fool. And I think, ultimately, he feels embarrassed. Now, I was thinking, like, hmm, if he wants to talk to me, after, like, hey, you know, do you mind if we talk real quick or whatever? I don't even know. I'm, I'm debating if I should allow that. Like, because ultimately... My decision has already been made internally, and I did text him that of, like, me not wanting this friendship anymore, but because I was blocked, he never received it, right? So um, I like to be very clear in this is, this, is, this is it. And I did that before with the previous person, but I don't know. So that would be my goal. Like, if we were to speak again, it's me just letting him know about himself. Like, look, you're really immature, you have some growing up to do. You lack accountability. You, gotta, you know, just kind of tell him about himself. But I just feel like considering how he's reacted in the past and just recently, there, I don't perceive that being a productive conversation, especially at work. I'm not trying to deal with that shit at work. Like, go, go sit over there. Like, no. So, actually, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to entertain it. If he wants to talk to me at work, I'm not going to do it. 
I don't know if I'll even want to continue a conversation with him or start a new one with him. I've already made my decision, and it will be clear in my actions that I'm not interested in a friendship anymore. So, um, yeah, I feel really good about it. I feel like this is just amazing. <laughs> and I say that because, okay, so you guys know what ruminating is when you keep on thinking about something, like, obsessively. Of course, naturally, being who I am, I ruminate. And after this happened, I kept on ruminating about it. I was ruminating ruminating about it. And I feel like this time around of me ruminating was a productive way of doing so. Because I know the older, the old Maxine would have been down on myself. Like, oh my gosh, I lost another friendship. Or, oh, no one likes, you know, just like, just kind of shitty, negative thinking. Yet instead, in this rumination, I was thinking positively. I was realizing my superpower, which is being calm and collective and still gathering you and getting you together, right? I could still put you in your place and do it in such a respectful, grown-ass woman way, and I love that about myself, so that's my superpower. Um, I recognize how well I handle conflict. Like, wow, I know how to hold my guard. I know how to call shit out. I was really impressed with myself in saying, no, no, that's a cop-out. When he was trying to turn around on me, I'm like, no, that's a cop-out. Stop acting like that's not... Because when I was telling him his way of speaking to me over over the text there was some attitude there and he was trying to act like it wasn't. I'm like, no, 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 that's a cop out. Like, let's be honest here. You was being rude through text. That's a cop out. So I called him out on it and like, I didn't budge. I didn't budge. Um, I called him out for gaslighting me. Like you're gaslighting me. You're making it seem like, um, like my feelings aren't that serious when I'm not trying to make it a serious thing. I was just making a point that, hey, you could have mentioned it to me. And you turning it around on me, quote unquote, attacking you is gaslighting. Like, don't put the blame on me all of a sudden where the blame is not even valid. It's not valid here at all. So I just called him out on his shit. And I'm so proud of how I handled myself. I'm so proud of how I handled conflict. And I stood my ground. I did not falter. I did not just let him speak to me any type of way. I said what I need to say, and when he finally didn't want to hear any more of it, he hung up on me, and that's on him. And that shows more of, excuse me, how calm and collected I am versus to how he is. I always recognize how me not getting out of my character is the way I like to be in the midst of conflict. Like, I feel like when you're quick to get overly emotional and start cursing out someone saying bitch fuck mother like all that like that's not me and I don't want to become someone I'm not I don't want to open myself to demonic forces to possess me when I'm feeling angry when I'm feeling hurt I feel like that's not an effective way to communicate I could still communicate my anger and my hurt and my confusion and my frustration and all of that in a way that is effective and clear and that will still gather you, right? So I like that I still stand in my character because at the end of the day, you can never say that I called you out your name. You can never say that I put my hand in your face or I hit you first, right? I'm going to defend myself if I need to, right? But you can never say that. 
And that's something that I really take pride in. I think ultimately whoever loses their cool is always the loser. It's always the loser. Like you can't hold yourself together and have a conversation as an adult. You're a loser. You're a loser. Um, ultimately, yeah. So I just feel more at peace um, with this friendship ending. I recognized the toxicity in it a while ago, but I just dismissed it in my mind. But ultimately, I am at peace with it. I think, yes, it's unfortunate that, you know, the the times that we shared as far as, like, the humor and the jokes that we will share, that is no longer going to be a thing. But that is not worth my peace, right? Like, I could still have a good time within myself and with other people and not continue a toxic friendship with someone who has a lot of growing up to do and is disrespectful but takes no accountability for it. Like, I don't have, it's not worth a joke for me. Like, no, my peace costs way too much. So I am so happy and I just, (laughs) I'm glad that I, did what I did. I'm actually looking forward to returning to work in the next, well, by the time you hear this, I'll be at work. And uh, I will keep you guys posted with how things goes. But I've made my decision in not continuing this friendship. I've made my decision and keeping it very, um, very, uh, I'm keeping it at a very far distance. I'm very at peace with that. Very at peace with it. And I feel like ultimately why... I decided to share this with you guys is it's okay. It's more than okay to realize this friendship is no longer serving me. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep on sharing as many as I need to, because, um, it's not a shot to yourself. I think sometimes when we think an ending to a friendship, a marriage, a relationship, it feels like a failure on your end. It feels like, Oh, you know, I did something wrong or, you know, I'm never going to be loved or I deserve this type of thing. And it's like, no, you could come to the realization that this actual relationship here is toxic. It's not serving you. It is not a place where peace and respect and kindness lives. And that's enough for you to realize, yeah, I'm ready to go. This It's over. It's okay. I'm done. I'm done. You know, you don't have to keep on giving chances to people just because they're your coworker. And that's what I did here because, well, I'm going to see him every day. Let me just make it peaceful by being in this toxic friendship. Like, that's not peaceful at all. Like, I think the fun times we had together, the jokes and the laughter and the connection that we had on the surface level was my reason of holding on to it. But ultimately, what I would feel after the jokes and after the funny moments we had together, I felt this moment of cringe, many moments of cringe with him. And when I would think about him, because he would just be very gossipy, very nasty, very rude, um, just have this negative energy and aura about him. As soon as you see him during the day, the first thing in the morning is something gossipy that he needs to say. It's like, dang, are you ever happy? Are you ever all right? Is everything okay? So I'm just over that. I don't like that energy. I don't like that energy. I remember the day before my birthday celebration when we went out. Oh, I never told you guys about that. But, yeah, I had a really great birthday, 31st birthday. It was amazing. Um, We went out. I already had reserved a sports bar lounge, and 
in that reservation, I have I had a a whole lot to myself in which we will play games and eat food and drink. It was a good time, really good time. And he was one of the people who I invited and who came. And prior to that day, though, there was something going on at work that made him feel he's always like up up and down with his emotions about work. Like, oh, I'm ready to leave. I'm done with this job and I'm ready to go. And it's like, what? <laughs> I don't feel like just, okay, make your decision and, and do it, right? Like, stop always like going back and forth about it. Like, I really don't care. Anyway, he will always say that. And apparently something else happened that made him feel more of that emotion of wanting to leave our job. And I wanted him, I was like, oh, you know, what's going on? You want to talk about it? And this was the day before my birthday outing. And he's like, he responded to my text and he said, I, I'll talk to you about it tomorrow. And I said, no, <laughs> no, you're not, you're not, you're not going to do that. You're not going to talk about it. No. And the reason why I said no, I said, I don't want to talk about this tomorrow because it's negative and I don't need anything stressful to discuss and to, to harp on during my birthday outing day. Like, I don't, I don't want that. Like, I'm not trying to have a conversation about you and your issues with work yet again. And it's all, like, I've noticed a lot of times, a lot of the conversations that we will have will always be about him. Will always be about him and whatever he's doing, whatever he's feeling, whatever he's going through. And also majority of our conversation will always be about some gossip that he gathered yet again. So that's, is just another sign of the toxicity that was present in our friendship. He would always make it about himself or make it about others that like, what are we doing? So anyway, he, I said that to him. I was like, yeah, I'm not, I, no, I don't want to talk about this tomorrow because tomorrow is my birthday outing and I don't need anything st stressful. Um, I have a sense of the spirit in which I do. So I said all of that and I said it very clearly, very respectfully, you know, not to shoot you down, but like he has a tendency of holding off. Like he'll hold out what he wants to say and tell you whenever he wants to tell you. Like he's done it before where he was going to tell me something. Oh, I got something to tell you. And I'm like, okay, so tell me right now. Oh, no, I'm going to tell you later. What? Like, why? And I feel like that's just another example of him behaving in his childlike behaviors. Like, ooh, I'm the holder of this secret. I and I'm going to tell you whenever I want to. So you're going to wait until I tell you. It's just like another childlike behavior pattern that I notice about him. And I remember this in my childhood of peers of mine who would have you dangling. They would dangle a carrot in your face like, oh, I got something to tell you. I got something to tell you. And you try to get the carrot. Oh, nope. And you miss the carrot. Nope. I'll tell you later. What? You're fucking 34. You're 34. 33, 34. I don't care. You're an adult male. You are an adult. Stop. So at that point, I said to him, that was like, <laughs> so he said that many times before and he just happened to say it yet again. And the whole tomorrow, I'll talk to you about it tomorrow. It was not, it was definitely not going to work this time because that following day, that tomorrow was the day of my birthday outing. And what we're not going to do is have a whole 
cesspool of you and your feelings and everything about you and yada 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 go go talk to someone else about that I'm not that girl anymore and I realized that empaths attract emotional abusers I am an empath I am someone who is very much sensitive and into with my emotions and I could feel the energy in the room I could feel the emotion in the room and those who are emotionally needy emotionally abusive and manipulative with their emotions they flock to people like me they flock to impasse because they see me as that 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 comfort that comfort tool that resting place of just just comfort and advice and just just calmness right and it's always like they get something from it right they get that calmness they get that that understanding, that compassion. I don't get anything in return. I'm depleted every time we have a conversation because our conversation is always about you and our conversation is always about a gossip that you've acquired yet again. And it's just, it's too much, right? It's too much and it's abusive. So this is just another reason why I feel so much more at peace. Like literally when everything happened, from the point of when you're listening to this, um, when everything happened, a few days ago, I felt just like a release happened. Like I felt a release of just this tense emotion that I had. I, I, I recall prior to this moment of feeling tense about him, feeling uneasy about our friendship, feeling like, oh, he gives me stress. He makes me feel just tense. Like my, I'm, I'm fisting up my, my hands right now. That's how I felt when I would think about him sometimes because he would do certain things that would make me feel stressed. Like, oh, you're always gossiping. That makes me stressed. Oh, you're always so negative. That makes me so stressed. Oh, you're always talking about yourself and it's always about you. That makes me stressed. Like, it's just, uh, go go seek help, Argentina. Go seek help. But anyway, I again, I share this because I think it's important for us to share our friendships ending (laughs) no but I think it's important to share when a friendship ends like just as much as you should be happy when you gain a new friend you should be happy when a toxic friendship ends when a friendship that needed to be ended long ago finally ends this should be a moment of of joy of celebration okay so I really encourage everyone to evaluate your friendships. Think about, does this friend make me feel at peace or do I feel stressed? Do I tense up my fists when I think about this person or do I feel relaxed and at ease? And I'm grateful that I do have friends in my life because I know I'm talking about friendships that I've that I've ended, that I'm at peace with, and this is the second friendship or third friendship that I talked about on this podcast that I've decided to end. Um doesn't mean that I don't have any friends, right? Like I, I do have friends. I do have people in my life. I do have friendships in my life that bring me joy. And I'm so grateful for those people. I'm grateful for those friends in my life. I'm grateful for the peace and the joy that they bring to my life. And I am welcoming more of that. So with the release of this toxic friendship is the welcoming of more happy peaceful, loving, joyful friendships in my life. So cheers. All right.
right, guys, I'm going to end it here. Thank you so much for listening. And continue to tell your friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend about this podcast. Spread the word. Follow us on, follow me, this podcast. This is a one-woman show on Instagram at God Built This, at God Built this Pod on Instagram. And I will check in with you guys next time. Bye.